Welcome back, everyone, to The Joseph Carlson Show. On this episode, we have some big news. Amazon just recently, in fact, it was announced just today, that they entered into an agreement with a company called Anthropic. Now, if you're like me, you don't know about Anthropic or what this company does, but they are an AI company. And they're one of the leading ones. They're one of the ones on the forefront of it, like OpenAI. In fact, Amazon seems to be copying Microsoft with this deal. Microsoft invested in OpenAI. Amazon's doing the same thing in Anthropic. As a large shareholder of Amazon, I want to give you my take on what's going on here. Because this deal, which is up to $4 billion, a massive number, it breaks down a lot differently than what the headline suggests. So we'll be looking at that. We also have news that it's good news. The writer strike seems to be ending. Now there's the writers and the actor strike. They're supposed to end on Friday, and it looks like at least the writer strike is ending. They came to an agreement. We're going to be looking at this and seeing who won, who got the better end of this agreement, and what it means for the actor strike and for these companies like Netflix. Now, we've also had Daniel Ek, someone that I really like. He's the CEO of Spotify, a company that I've been invested in before. Well, he just announced today that Spotify will be using AI to replicate podcasters' voices and translating them into other languages. This is amazing news. I want to talk about this and what it could mean for the future of media, entertainment, what I do on YouTube and Spotify, and so on. And then finally, we have a TikTok to react to. This individual made the decision to buy a $500 pen. $500 for a single pen, and he believes that he's superior to you because he owns a $500 pen. I'll be giving my thoughts on that as well. So as always, we have a lot to get to in this episode. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Now let's go ahead and start off with the headline news of the day. The biggest news that just broke today was that Amazon is going to invest $4 billion in Anthropic. Now they say the details are, Amazon said it has agreed to invest up to $4 billion in the artificial intelligence company Anthropic, the latest big tech startup investment by tech giants jockeying for an edge in the AI arms race. Now, the first thing I want to point out is the phrasing of this sentence from the media. This is classic media phrasing, and I think there's a reason they do this. They call it the they're jockeying for an edge in the AI arms race. They, they do an analogy of sports. They do an analogy of war and combating and competitiveness, and they pit different companies together. The Amazon is at war with Microsoft and Google and so on. That is common in media and with investors by and large. It's a common thing to do. When in reality, Amazon just wants to have products for their customers. I don't think Amazon's thinking about this as an arms race or that they're at war with Microsoft or Google. If you talk to Amazon's CEO, they're thinking that AI offers a lot of capabilities and a lot of things for our customers. We have a big customer base. We want to offer them this product. They're not thinking, we got to get one step ahead and be a little bit ahead of Microsoft. I really don't believe that's what Amazon does. They don't focus on competition that much. They focus on their own customer base. So this creates a sense of urgency that they have to be in front of Microsoft or Google. And in most cases, including this one, there's going to be multiple winners. Just like cloud is big enough for all three companies, there's going to be multiple winners in AI. Every company is going to use this, whether it's Apple, Google, Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, so on and so forth. This is a huge industry. There's going to be a lot of winners. They don't need to be one step ahead of the other at all times. Now, the next thing they say is Amazon said that as part of the deal, Anthropic would be using its custom chips to build and deploy its AI software. Amazon also agreed to incorporate Anthropic's technology into products across its business. 
People familiar with the deal said Amazon is committed to an additional 1.2 or an initial rather 1.25 billion investment over two years. So that's the initial investment. They say the number could grow to 4 billion over the time, depending on certain conditions. As part of the agreement, Anthropic has agreed to spend a certain amount of capital on Amazon's cloud infrastructure business, Amazon Web Services, one of the people said. This seems completely typical for these type of deals. So what we learn here is that this $4 billion deal is really not going to cost Amazon $4 billion because a lot of this deal is Anthropic, this company, needing cloud hosting and then deciding to use Amazon's for free. So Amazon will say, we'll give you a lot of AWS credits. You can use it for free. That way we give you value, but it doesn't cost us as much money. And the next thing is the chips. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're providing these Titan chips, which are like these AI chips. They're doing that and they probably have good margins on those chips as well. So Amazon is just transferring some of their services to Anthropic in dollar terms. But in reality, it's not costing the Amazon shareholder $4 billion in stock or $4 billion in cash. So I've actually come around to liking these deals where these big tech companies can just provide a few services. They can get a big stake in a smaller company and they don't have to pay out as much cash because they're providing different services. Now going on, an interesting thing we learn here is that Google is also invested in this company, but not nearly the extent that that Amazon is. They say that tech giants and venture capitalists have been investing heavily into AI startups this year. Following the breakout success of ChatGPT's bot, which can produce human-like writing and computer code, in January, Microsoft invested $10 billion into chatbot's maker, OpenAI, taking a 49% stake as part of the extensive partnership. So Microsoft has a massive investment. Amazon's would not be this big into Anthropic, not as big as Microsoft's into OpenAI. But they also mentioned that Google invested more than $300 million in Anthropic, this same company. They also mentioned that Salesforce has invested in a series of AI startups, including Anthropic and OpenAI rival Cohere. So we have a lot of the bigger companies buying different pieces of these smaller companies. And the nice thing about this for big tech, the situation they're in, is even though this is like buying out the competition or buying out newer technology, the government really can't do a lot about it because in most cases, these companies own a minority stake, like Microsoft saying that they're going to own 49%. Why did they want to own 49%? Because if the government came in and said that they want to block this purchase, they'd say that we own a minority stake. We don't control the company. That's a workaround to government regulation. Google's doing the same thing. Amazon's doing the same thing. They're all buying minority stakes in these companies so that they can have claim on their technology 
integrate it with all of their offerings, all of their tools, but still skirt around the government regulation of buying up smaller companies. Now, the challenge for these tech startups like Anthropic or ChatGPT is always hosting. It's incredibly expensive to host large language models and run the processing for it. That's why they've been using both Google Cloud and Amazon's AWS. But part of this deal is Amazon saying, we're going to provide you infrastructure at a reduced cost. We'll give you all these credits. So move most of your, your workloads over to us. So they sign an agreement to work primarily with Amazon. And Amazon locks in a future customer that way. Then Amazon can turn around and they plan on integrating all of this type of stuff, Claude, Anthropics tool set, into all of their products for their customers. So Amazon is really looking to lock in their own customer base. They want to create a vertically integrated AI experience from top to bottom. So you have hosting, you have training, you have all the large language models, you have an assistant, you have people that can help with infrastructure with AWS, everything top to bottom. So as someone who's invested largely in Amazon, it's one of my larger positions, I have to look at this through the perspective of would I want to make this investment if I was one of the executives at Amazon? And I believe the answer is obviously yes. Amazon has already seen it work out for Microsoft. This isn't a guess. They're not guessing what's going to be the outcome. Microsoft invested billions of dollars into OpenAI, and then that wasn't enough. Microsoft can't own enough of OpenAI. They wish they could buy the entire company, but they can only own 49% of it. So this is already seen to be a good investment by other large tech companies. Amazon is following in their place. They needed to find a great partner, one of the leading AI firms to partner with, to extend tooling and resources and to be able to integrate all their products. And it looks like Anthropic is a very good choice to have. Now, a lot of people are going to be judging this as Amazon being behind and catching up. But I think that framing is not the right way to frame this. Amazon has millions and millions of customers using AWS. All they need to do is give them a reason not to leave to Microsoft, not to leave to Google. By partnering with Anthropic, integrating all of their toolings, having a good competitive large language model against Microsoft's, they give them less reason to leave to the competing firms. So I don't view this as them being one step behind or one step ahead. I think the important thing as an investor in Amazon is they're building out a fully integrated tool set for their customers, giving them minimal reason to leave outside of AWS. Now, moving on, we have some good news, at least good news if you're a Hollywood writer or if you enjoy scripted television. The Hollywood writers reach an agreement with studios. Now, the way that the media frames this right from the beginning was the inevitable framing that the writers won, that they beat up the big bad studios. They say the new three-year deal includes several hard-fought victories for the writers, including increased royalties, mandatory staffing for television, writing rooms, and protections regarding the use of artificial intelligence. People familiar with the pact said. So it seems like they got everything. They got the increased royalties, staffing, artificial intelligence protections. They, they really took it to the studios. What's lacking here is any official details on anything. Neither side would address the terms of the accord. The terms are specifically what they got. So from this news, we really have no clue of what they actually got, just the rumor that the writers won. But that was always going to be the case. The writers were always going to have won, according to the media. If you're in charge of the writers, if you're one of the union leaders and you're going to the negotiation table, you're going to come back with a few victories, a few concessions from the big media companies, and then you're going to say, we won. We got a lot of good things in this deal. 
even if you got the short end of the deal. And it's the same for the studios. The studios don't want to come out and say that we won and we got a better deal and we made the writers take this worse deal. They're never going to frame it that way. So it's on both sides incentive to say that the writers won. In reality, I am highly skeptical that the writers got a terrific deal here. And the reason is the studios held all of the negotiation power. They could have dragged this strike on for years on end without too much trouble. They continue to do sports documentaries, unscripted television, reality shows, licensing old content, and creating shows outside of the US with people that are not part of this union. So you'll read this in the news as the writers won and they beat up the big studios. In reality, we don't know much about the deal. And from my perspective, looking at these companies, they didn't have a lot of incentive to give in to huge demands because outside of Netflix right now, every one of these studios is already suffering. They're already unprofitable. They're already struggling with their business model. So not a lot of incentive to give everything they wanted to the writers. Now, even though this ends the writer's strike, this does not end the actor's strike. That's still going on right now. I also believe that this will put more pressure on the actors to make a deal because now they're standing alone. They don't have the writers striking at the same time. So the studios have even less pressure against them. Of course, the studios want to make a deal with the actors. So I think they'll want to make some type of deal that works for both of them. But I think that the actor strike is likely to get done sooner than later. But overall, I don't think these strikes will have a long-term meaningful impact on any of these media companies. I look at it as the cost of doing business it's part of their production expenses. Employees' payments typically go up over time. Their wages go up over time in every industry. So this isn't something unique to media. Amazon's paying more for employees. Chipotle's paying more. All of them increase wages over time. The same thing is happening here with writers and actors. It's just a cost of doing business. Now, moving on, we have a particularly awesome piece of news here from Spotify. Spotify said they'll use AI to replicate a podcaster's voice and translate them into other languages. And this is reliant on a new feature that was announced today from OpenAI, the voice generation technology. The technology can create realistic synthetic voices from just a few seconds of speech. Now, they say it will also maintain the podcaster's distinctive speech characteristics. I haven't seen this yet, so I'm not sure if it's going to maintain distinctive speech characteristics as much as you might want, but that's the claim. It's going to be a translating tool for podcasters. Now, this also has a chance to grow the total addressable market or the reach of YouTubers and podcasters substantially. Right now, we're limited by our language. That's a big thing. And a lot of YouTubers have had to hire different people to translate their video. Of course, they're in a different voice when they do that. So now we're no longer limited by language if we're able to use this feature, making it so that if you're English speaking, you're now speaking every language. If you're Spanish speaking, you're now speaking every language. The playing field is way more even and it's no longer dependent on where you're born or what language you speak. I think this is an incredible revolutionary use case for AI, really an incredible improvement in technology. So something I am excited about and I do plan on using for this podcast. Now, finally, we get to the reaction video here. We're gonna be reacting to at make money with Jacob on TikTok. And he has a TikTok here where he explains that he owns a $700 pin. He bought a few of them so that he can feel superior to others. Let's go ahead and take a listen. This is a $700 pen. And the reason I bought it, I actually bought three of them. I got one for myself, one for my brother, and one for my dad. And the reason I bought it is because one, it feels good to have a $700 pen. And two, most people don't have a $700 pen. And it just is a constant reminder to myself that I'm better than everyone. And that I am just a winner. A constant reminder, this pen that's $700 that he paid for it, 
is a constant reminder that he is a winner and that he is, quote, better than everyone. So he has a, a feeling of smug superiority to others. Now, what I'm hoping, because I'm not familiar with Jacob's content here, is that this is a one-off. It's a skit. He's being satirical. He's, you know, he's joking to people that aren't inside on the joke. And if that's the case, I'm not familiar with the content here, so I might be out of the loop. But let me go ahead and take this on face value, because this is the entire TikTok in its entirety. Nothing edited out. And let's go ahead and just respond to this, because unfortunately, a lot of videos like this are real. People are not being satirical here. So, Jacob, the problem with you bragging about owning a $700 pen is that it's a problem with someone bragging about anything expensive they own. No one else really cares. No one else cares what type of car you drive, except for you. You're the only one that cares that you own that $700 pen. Now, the ironic thing about you going online and bragging about buying a $700 pen, about feeling superior for owning it, is that to everyone else, it signals just the opposite. It signals that you're foolish. You're a fool with your money. You're capable of being duped. You are taken advantage of. You're impressionable. And you don't even realize it. In fact, you don't even realize it to such the extent, and you're so insecure, that you go online to brag and let the whole world know how you were duped, how you were foolish enough to buy a $700 pen. The smart person in this transaction, the one that we actually respect in this transaction, is the person that sold you the pen. That person is transferring value out of your wallet into their pocketbook. You're the one being taken advantage of here. Now, this is where I move out more broadly with my criticism outside of just Jacob here, but this is why it's never a good idea in general to buy expensive things as a signal of how smart you are or how well you're doing. All it is is a signal that you gave someone else a lot of your money, that you're willing to give someone else a lot of your value and your stored labor. What people actually respect is discipline, is smart decision-making. That's what will gain you respect. The reason that people respect Warren Buffett is because even though he had billions and billions and billions of dollars, he would have never paid $700 for a pen. Never, not once. Because Warren Buffett's not a fool. Warren Buffett would not be taken advantage of, no matter how small that advantage would be taken. He's always on the better side of the trade. And that gives people respect. So Jacob here, I hope you were, in fact, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume you were joking and this was a, a, a kind of inside joke thing here, but just in case you're being serious on any part of that, that was my response. That's all for this episode. Hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next one.